Hello, this is Scott Cameron. This is the joys of teaching literature. So it's all things, essays and thesis statements and all that good stuff, including, you know, novels, short stories, poems. So if you want to know more about me, my website is theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. So in this episode, I will talk about <laughs> the thing that English teachers probably complain about the most uh, and, and will say, actually, you know, I hear this all the time, that it's uh, the thing, the, the thing they, they like the least about their job. Um, it, just because it involves so much time, effort, you know, um, it's just the thing that you just don't want to do, and that is, you know, to put comments on essays and, and grade essays. Especially because I think that most English teachers acknowledge the importance of, of having frequent writing, writing assignments, right? Where whether it be two or three weeks, it's always good to stop in and check, um, not just to stop in and check and see where they're at, but, but also just to, you know, allow them to practice writing. Um, you know, if, if we do it, you know, say once a month or, or like, you know, once every two months, something like that, I think that, you know, it just becomes this thing where we feel like we have to, to load up the essay with comments. Um, but if we do it frequently enough, um, I don't think we have to put that many comments on the essay. So that's, that's basically our topic. So I'm calling this five ways to provide meaningful feedback. In my first few years of teaching, I remember feeling completely consumed by grading. That's an understatement that I felt consumed. It, it took over my life. I spent long hours at the library on the weekend with a bottle of Coke and a bag of gummy bears to keep me going. I spent my time at school lesson planning because I knew it was more important than the red ink that covered all of those essays. Students value feedback but they don't want to be overwhelmed by conversations about how to write and what they did wrong. They'd much rather spend their time talking about what we all love, literature, the source of all great ideas. So here's my rules of thumb about grading, five rules of thumb. So the first one is, if I feel like I'm spending too much time on grading, then I'm probably assigning too much work. I'm always thinking about how frequently I assign writing on a daily basis. I'm thinking, you know, am I assigning too much, too little? Um, in the end, writing should be an enjoyable activity and not feel like busy work. It's true at the same, you know, in this, at the same time, it's true that practice makes perfect. But we should prioritize learning over assessment. So learning in, involves conversations, reading the text, rereading the text. Um, listening to your teacher talk about the text, listening to your classmates talk about the text, completing, you know, little fun activities and, you know, where you, you're exchanging ideas, right? That's learning is the exchange of ideas and, 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 and the getting exposed to ideas by reading, right? Assessment is us checking in to see if they, if they know what we, what we want them to know, right? So we, won't, we don't want to do too much assessment, which is really about what, you know, and assessment does change how we do things, and um, but but in the end, the most important thing is learning, right? So when we ask students to demonstrate what they know over and over and over again, we're getting in the way of valuable reading time and conversations. After students write an essay, they need timely feedback. So I have another rule of thumb that I never assign one essay unless I return the previous essay with feedback. 
Um, in fact, I usually return one essay the day before I give the next essay. So that gives students a chance to reflect on their writing and set goals, reflect, revise, um, and, and, and set goals before they try to achieve them on the next essay the next day. It's fresh in their memory. So this way I can establish clear expectation, expectations uh, and articulate what they should focus on the next day. Um, and those, those expectations um, you know, are something that are, again, really fresh in their mind. All right, two, feedback can be oral as well as written. So I think we think of in terms of feedback as something that is always just red ink on a piece uh, on an essay, or if it's turnitin.com, you have these little ways of providing feedback. And actually, that's an interesting tool because you can uh, provide audio feedback uh, that way too. And thinking about remote learning, audio feedback is you know, you know what we're defining as oral, which we typically you know define as you know just in class. Anyway, as I grade essays, I take notes on the ideas, so just kind of jotting down the different things that they come up with and all the different issues they have with their writing um, so that I can remember what to say in class. It's a lot easier and less time-consuming to teach than it is to write a bunch of feedback. You know, and I don't know how many, uh, how many students people have out there, but I have, I know, over 100 students. So you're talking, you know, 100 students, at least 100 students writing essays, you know, if some years I've had 125, uh, then you're assigning an essay over two or three weeks. You can imagine what that paper load looks like, right? Um, so, so I tend to provide oral feedback on ideas and written feedback on the way to express ideas. So as students read over my comments and revise part of their essay, I walk around the room so that I can answer their questions uh, and have a real conversation about how to best express their idea. It's so much easier to have that quick and easy conversation, right? First of all, you can kind of talk them off a cliff a little bit like, hey, you know, here are the great things I saw about your essay. Um, you know, if you put a little check mark, smiley face, whatever it is, um, you can communicate, communicating the strength of their essay to their face is, is really important and valuable, right? Because a lot of the times they see a comment and they immediately, it's just a source of stress. A comment is a source of stress. They see it and they think, I did something wrong. I should have done this. And they beat themselves up over it, right? So how can we, we switch that conversation by seeing them in person, being the friendly person that we are, uh, and, and just have a conversation about what they were talking about in their essay. We can reread it quickly, you know, the, the section that they're asking a question about, and provide feedback in person. So that's, I think, I've always valued that more because, you know, they are always able to articulate what they wanted to say verbally, but not always um, when they write. So that's, what, that's how I do it. I basically walk around the room and answer their questions as they're, you know, completing some other task. Uh, conversations are always much easier than trying to, de <laughs> trying to decipher uh, lines, symbols, letters, and rubrics that appear as feedback. So number three, students should be in charge of revising their essays, not us, right? So a limited amount of written feedback forces students to find ways to revise without our assistance. That's the objective. It's not, uh, for the, the objective is not for them to rely on our commentary all the time to be, to be good, a good writer, right? It's, it's to determine, for, to reread their own writing and think to themselves, oh, I should have said it that way, right? So when I ask them to revise their essay, they should be able to determine what they need to revise. When I return an essay, I will pick something to focus on, like a single thing, 
thesis statement, a conclusion, an introduction, topic sentence, you know, pro you know, providing evidence, whatever, a body paragraph. Sometimes I'll focus on the body paragraph. Uh, they pick a sentence or paragraph, revise it. So you pick, you know, they're not revising the whole essay. They could do that too, but I feel like that's a lot. Might as well just assign another essay. So I prefer just to revise one sentence or two sentences or whatever they have time for in class. Um, they post it online or they write it down, and then I take that sentence or paragraph and I can put it under the document camera or or copy and paste it so we don't see their name uh, and put it on and put it on the screen and we can we can read uh, the responses for that essay that I just returned. I can then share model work with the class right away, um, and and also keeping in mind by the time they graduate, right? Kind of made this point already. We want students to revise and edit their essays without teacher feedback. In college, and you know, not all of our students go to college, but also in life, where feedback takes the form of a response to your statement, right? You know, that's kind of what this is. It's like I said this out loud, or I wrote this down, and somebody online is going to make a comment about it, or whatever it is. Um, that's in a way, it's feedback, right? It's just our reaction to what the person is saying. So that's the reality of what we're doing. It's not this is like kind of teacher thing that we do, this academic thing, writing in red ink on an essay or whatever ink you prefer. <laughs> um, but, but you know, in life, they get feedback on the idea uh, and not on, on the clarity of the idea. So somebody, sometimes people will <laughs> attack how you said it. Um, and that's that's good. That's what journalists do is they kind of like, you know, they look at how a politician says something and they 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 break it down and, you know, they question what does that really mean or how did what do they mean by that? You know, the ambiguity is not good. Um, and that's that. But in life, it's usually about the actual thing that you say. And that's, you know, how people are what they how they respond or and again, being response being similar to the feedback that we give. So that's another way of looking at it. It's not just feedback on an essay. It's what is our reaction to what they say? Uh, four, checklists should be simple and consistent. So I have one checklist of simple expectations that I use all year long. Uh, with I, I have a prompt, and then on the back of the prompt, I have this checklist. There's sort of three different levels that they, you know, top level, kind of lower level. There's different ways I express that. Um, but, but this way, they know what they accomplished and also what they need to work on. Um, I don't use the checklist to, to determine a grade. I'm not using it to add points or anything like that. It only makes providing feedback easier and less time consuming. So it's just another way that I provide feedback. Um, I know a lot of teachers love rubrics and I know there's a lot of evidence to support rubrics and the use of rubrics. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I never, I never saw one uh, in my own teaching in, you know, in school and college. And uh, so I just kind of freaked out the first time I saw one and I've never gotten over that feeling. So I, I, I personally just don't use them, but I know that people find them useful and students probably find them useful too. A checklist is not very different from a rubric in some ways. Uh, so last but not least, number five, shortcuts should be meaningful. So a check, you know, takes on a checklist, takes t a less time to write than a full comment, obviously a full sentence, right? Just as a letter or symbol takes less time to write than a full comment. We all know this. English teachers are very familiar with all the various symbols and squiggly lines and question marks and all that stuff. Uh, but the symbols and the letters, whatever they are, should represent a much fuller, clear statement about what the student needs to do. And, and it's not like a one line, uh, it could be one word like clar clarify or something like that, combined sentences, you know, that's one I use a lot. Um, T 
key Titan, you know, so it can be one, you know, word kind of explanation for what that comment means, but a longer description is useful, right? Because that's the, that's the full commentary that they're getting. Students also need, um, again, the, the source of stress as a comment is, oh my gosh, I did something wrong. So if they just look at an essay and they see a bunch of comments, they're going to think, oh my gosh, I did everything wrong. Right? So we also need to remember to, to, to create um, frequent positive commentary on the strengths of their writing. Um, if you want to get really crazy, throw a sticker on there, but uh, saying excellent, great job, great thought, you know, wonderful idea there, you know, something like that that is clear that you think that that is a good moment and they can look at that moment and think, okay, I have to do that more. Uh, I try to give my, I try to avoid giving students uh, too many directives. Think about this, right? You say to a student, okay, bang a pot, drink water, <laughs> kick a soccer ball, and sing all at the same time. What are they going to do, right? They're going to think about it. <laughs> okay, bang a pot, drink water, kick a soccer ball, sing. And then they're not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're just going to say, that's too many things. I can't do all, like, I can't go into this essay tomorrow and think about six things that I need to accomplish, right? Maybe it's one, maybe three, but even three when you think about it is a lot. So when we provide comments, we don't want to give them 10, 12, 13 comments um, because they'll just feel, again, either like they, 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 even though their grade might be decent, that they just did a lot wrong. Um, and that's going to make them less less creative and less you know free to say what they want to say. They feel like they're going to have to be have more a safe response to the question as opposed to really exploring it um, and, and getting to a variety of different ideas. This is a lot of a problem I see is that they keep saying the same idea over and over. They're just redundant because they feel like that's safe if they just stick to the thesis statement, right? So they're they're gonna they're gonna feel you know less free. When we the more comments that we make, so on the rare occasion that I do write a full sentence on an essay, just because it, it you know takes a lot of time, um, and again we have 100 plus essays coming in every two to three weeks, um, I'll typically usually just write a question. It's not a question. It's not an attack. It's not a you know you did this wrong. It's just a question. You know they they made an observation just like in conversation. You, they said something, and then you you ask them a question because it leads them to another idea. Um, they have to answer it in their head. Oh, yeah, well, I should think this about the character or whatever. Questions put the ball in their court, not mine. And that's the objective. Hope you enjoyed this episode.